Hola, hola, what's going on, GNGs? It's your boy Trek, and this is Trek and Cryptos to Connect, the conversations with segment. Um, if you don't know, I'm going to give you the skinny. Basically, what I do is I talk with more noted personalities in the space. I'm not saying I'm going to have an Andreas Antonopoulos on here, but I do talk with people who are more known in the space than compared to talking to somebody who is, let's say, a nurse or a mechanic who's also into the crypto space or does um, some kind of blockchain side project. And so, yeah, that's what the Conversations with is about. And for this particular episode, I have the opportunity of talking to Dr. Tiffany Gray. And I have to say, it was definitely a pleasure with talking to her and getting to understand a little bit more about what's going on within the health industry um, and how blockchain is being looked at or is looking to be utilized within the space. And the questions that it really asks of how do we implement this stuff? And GMG's like, no one has all the answers, but I'm glad that someone like her is asking the questions and trying to work out how we actually get this thing working within the healthcare thing, because we obviously all get blockchain technology is here to stay, the can is out of the, um, I mean, sorry, the worm is out of the jar, as they say, and so G&G, sit back and listen, and hopefully you guys get to learn something too, and yeah, that's it. What's going on, GNGs? It's your boy Trek, and we are here for another Trek and Cryptos to Connect. Thank you for coming back. If you've been listening to the other episodes, if this is your first one, I welcome you. And so um, I'm going to get into who my guest is for this episode. It is Dr. Tiffany Gray. I had the pleasure of meeting her through another friend um, when I did my first um, panel discussion on inclusion and diversity. And at the time, I didn't necessarily get to talk to her um, directly, just because of how the day was going and stuff. Uh, but I did get the chance to talk to her at another convention, uh, Coinvention in Philly. That was about a month or so back uh, from today, today. And I was duly impressed because we just kind of went from like blockchain to, um, uh, what is the term, diametrics. Um, we jumped around in different health subjects. We, we talked about like the technicals of how not everything is blockchain. And I was like, wow, why have we not sat down and talked more? Luckily, she finally, like, I was finally able to catch her at another event for Coin, um, Consensus. And I was like, hey, I want to have you on the show. <laughs> so today, I have Dr. Tiffany Gray. If you could please introduce yourself. Well, hello. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, so I, as you mentioned, I'm Dr. Tiffany Gray. I am a public health researcher um, at core, a public health researcher and advisor. So I have a master's in public health in maternal and child health and a doctorate in public health and health behavior. Um, so I just got my doctorate uh, this past year. Very happy to be be done and completed with that. Um, Congratulations! So, thank you. And so I'm in a in a interesting space of looking for employment, but now I've also entered into the blockchain in health space as well. Um, so I'm helping to advise and consult. I'm a part of Axes and Eggs. We're a blockchain think tank based here in DC and Dubai. I'm also a fellow with Blockchain and Healthcare Global. Um, co-founded, uh, founded by Heather Flannery, who is now the healthcare global lead at Consensus. 
And I'm also the co-chair of the Global Health and Disaster Relief Subcommittee, which is part of the UN's Blockchain for Impact Initiative. So wearing, wearing lots of hats. Yeah, you sit in a lot of chairs, and yeah, we need yeah. to talk offline about Heather, because I've been trying to get her for a while right now. She's we'll very get busy. Her. Um, okay, so the, the, the first question after that, like, really uh, heavy introduction. There's a lot going on for you right <laughs> a whole now, lot. right? Yes, yes, yes. What, what was your aha moment to say, okay, this blockchain stuff, I need to pay more attention. Mm-hmm. What was your moment? What got you to, all right, let's let's start looking at the rabbit hole and then you just write in. So it took me out, out to be honest, it took me a minute to try to find my, to find my, a lot of my introduction to the blockchain space um, was heavily on crypto. Everything that I was hearing about blockchain and in the blockchain space was about cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, and all of the hype surrounding all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember. It might have been. I either attended. I think it was a blockchain and healthcare East event or a, a similar event or conference in which, which I believe Heather might have been on the panel and some others. And that she science distributed, where I started to have those conversations about. Blockchain, blockchain and how it related to health, health, public health, health as well as, as research and science. And, mm. and more, more sitting through those sitting conversations actually may have been may have been in may may or even may possibly before that. But that was where that I really thought, okay, okay, maybe this, this has implications for the type of work that I'm doing. Um and my current current um and where I can actually, actually see it applying to, to public health. And so and the real, real aha moment would say probably came when I patient to where they had their inaugural health summit um, this past May. And I had moderate health model there. And as I was sitting there listening to the different panelists and different conversations and meeting and networking with others, again, that was my true aha moment of how for me, things started to click. So we were talking, a lot of the conversations were centered around uh, giving patients access to their data, giving individuals access to their data and ownership over their information, utilizing it within the healthcare space, looking at its use in electronic medical records, you know, in EHR and things like that. And so for me, as I was talking with everyone and listening to the different presentations and and conversations, I had a moment where I stood back and and it hit for me, if we're talking about utilizing this technology to give individuals access to their information, who's really going to be using these applications, right? How is that going to really address Will that potentially further widen the, the gaps and disparities that we already that already exist at various levels? And so for me, it was important to think about, well, if we're going to be talking about blockchain and any other emerging technology being this huge change in the next five to ten years, 
we need to, as practitioners, physicians, clinicians, uh, researchers, on all levels, think about how do we start to engage others? How do we start to educate others about this technology? So the, and, and also thinking about taking a step back also of, okay, if this is gonna be used in medical settings or healthcare settings, will that, how will this technology help to improve patient access? How is it gonna help improve just the interactions between providers and, and uh, individuals and patients? Um, what about people who are already, is it going to, how will it impact our, our current system and make it better, basically? Um, and so anytime I talk about blockchain and health or I think about the work that I'm, you know, what I want others to get from it or to educate others, I make sure that this is a center, part of the conversation of how do we leverage social determinants of health and this technology so that we are truly having an impact on society um, and truly having the impact that we hope it has in improving health and health outcomes. Okay. Um, yeah. No, all right. So, all right. I'm, I'm going to throw in a little a mix of a question because of a, um, a conversation I had on my flight back from Vegas yesterday um, after the World CryptoCon thing. I was talking with this lady who, um, what did, oh man, I'm trying to remember what she said mm-hmm. that like brought me to the moment where I was like, mm, I wouldn't look to put the blame that way. Mm-hmm. And the, the bottom line of it was within the age of technology, as far as like the, the computer age, mm-hmm. we, in my opinion, we got to a point where the big businesses and money folks sold the 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 concept of convenience as being more valuable than personal data and i see it more and more presenting itself over in in the crypto space as far as when we talk about you know um what will be the thing to sh- what what works to streamline how do you interact with the blockchain where you don't even know that you're dealing with the technology mm-hmm. and it goes to i think um in part of like the healthcare thing of well how do you give people access to their data and we use the word there but if you if so G&Gs, if you actually know like how the current healthcare system is set up in the US, you don't have direct access to your data, like to your personal medical data. Correct. It's the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. It, it comes from you, it's generated by you, but because of how the laws are set up, you don't have direct access to it and can be denied it, right? Right. So um, my whole thing was, we're in this time and age of where we're asking questions like you're asking, like, well, who's going to be the person who actually uses this product or service that gives them access to this data that until recently enough, 
it wasn't something that you even had a concern about per se, like generally speaking for people, mm -hmm. because you didn't have access to it. And right. now we're going to turn around and be like, here, take this. Exactly. And most people are going to be like, well, I mean, you know, what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting, and I wonder if this would play out this way, is when you give people access to their data like that, are, are they going to then, then turn around and be like, hmm, well, let me sell it back to somebody who can watch and hold this for me, which then makes a new reverse business model. Mm -hmm. um, and like, there are things that I see happening in the space now where when we are in the early days and to some point up to now, we argue about decentralization as far as not having a center, uh, a centered place of, 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 the, of the storage of the data or a, a, a centralized control point, right? But yet, more and more, I see things popping up that are going exactly in that direction. And I just kind of scratch my head and I'm like, what the hell, yo? Like, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> yeah. So that conversation actually came up. Um, I was at Minority Innovation Weekend and we were, you know, myself and the other panelists and that kind of came up. I believe someone was talking about EOS. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's that idea of things are again, that potential for moving back to centralization, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like you said, it will be very interesting to see how it all plays out, right? Because on one hand, you want to be able, sure, you would love to be able to have ownership over your information. But like you said, like, how do you teach people how to manage that and mm -hmm. to be able to make sure that their information is indeed protected? At some level, especially when we're talking about medical data, there needs to be some form of protection, right? You don't want it to, even with utilizing something like blockchain technology, you don't want it getting into the wrong hands. Um, you know, there's always the discussion about being able to get incentivized as for mm -hmm. sharing your information. You're still sharing your information. Even if you give access to it, someone still will have access to your information. The one, I guess, benefit of that is, at least with blockchain technology, there can be some trace a record of how it's used and when it was used or when it was pulled. But yeah, th those are still some of those lingering questions of how do we really get around that and what happens when, and, and it's the same thing of when we're talking about regulations and standards, they're not here yet in many cases, but you still need some of those regulation, those policies, those standards to again, make sure that you know your information is actually being utilized in a, to benefit you and not to harm you. So you know what this made me think of? Something Samson posted the other day. Um, if you don't know, I'm sorry, G&Gs. There's a gentleman that we know, um, Dr. Gray works a lot more closer with him because they're on the same think panel. His name is Samson Williams. He is one of the most funniest, smartest, <laughs> um, uh, intellectual thieves I know. <laughs> And he says it all the time. I'm yeah. not smart. I just say stuff I heard other smart people say. 
And <laughs> I have to say, until like recently starting to get out more and then being in certain circles and talking with people, mm-hmm. I never understood why he would say stuff like that. Because it's like, dude, like you really do have pretty good insight. And he comes up with very um, realistic and tangible metaphors on things. Yes. Um, as far as the technology and then like modern day times or even like decades back times and things like that. Um, and I started to realize like when people would say stuff to me, I would revert right to his line. Like, nope, I just happen to watch a lot of smart people on YouTube. <laughs> like, <I did. laughs> um, but what this ID, what the data thing reminds me of is something he said the other day about, um, oh man, he said all blockchain projects are just ID projects. And so I had to play semantics and I was like, so are we saying um, ID as in PII? Are we saying just any unique data that is um, attached to an entity? And mm-hmm. he was like, he, he went with the latter, but it was like, all right, then yeah, you're right on point with that. Like it all is. Yeah. Um, and then that brings me to the whole other thing of like, so were we really fighting to not like, not get um, ID'd? And I I did in the sense of like the whole digital ID thing. I think that between finance and the healthcare industry, those will be, it's like a race going on between those two to figure out who can work out the ID situation. Like, I don't want to say the best, but Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I think probably the, the, I'm not sure who would figure it out first, but there are challenges on both sides. And at least when it comes mm-hmm. to healthcare, again, the challenges are you're working in with within specific regulations and standards that currently exist and are in place. Um, and when it comes to, you know, things like HIPAA or just other required standards that one must follow. And the other challenge is a lot of those different standards and regulations differ depending on where you are, whether that be mm. state or uh, you know, even globally, right? So you have some of those commonplace kind of standards and regulations and standard language, but they're, it's still very fragmented. And so I attended, um, it was, they just launched CSIS, uh, Center for Strategic and International Studies, I believe, or maybe I think that's the correct um, acronym, but they released their blockchain report Uh, last week and so they talked about blockchain policy and that was brought up of you know a lot of different industry consortia are currently working um, to identify common language where these different systems can better interact and work with one another Um, so that's a huge challenge and when it comes to healthcare often you know it's repeated that blockchain can't solve the interoperability issues in healthcare, um, but yeah, trying to, it's all, it's a challenge to find within the data, thinking about how the systems in which we've been collecting information and data, information data, mm-hmm. um, you know, some places are still on paper-based. And so I can even think about just from a research project, um, not specifically in healthcare, but thinking about help how we could make four unique kind of databases speak to one another 
what would be mm -hmm. the unique identifier to kind of link all of those things together so that we can analyze it in the way that we need to. Um, similarly, those are some of the kind of challenges that you'll run into, you know, on a bigger scale. Um, so there's a lot that needs to be worked out in order to try to figure that out. And again, you know, a lot of these blockchain projects, like you said, are producing lots of data. And you're going to have mm -hmm. to figure out what do we do with all this data that we can we keep producing? I mean, we produce we're already producing a lot of data anyway with technology, um, just on a day to day basis anyway. So that's not going to slow down in the next couple of years, five, ten years out, um, twenty years. We're going to be producing all this information, and we have to figure out what do we do with it, mm -hmm. right? And there are going to be right. people who want to make money from this information. The you know the change mm -hmm. is that it's okay now we're saying you yourself as an individual can also get a piece of the pie but how big of that, that pie are you getting how much are you how much are people really going to consent to using this information or say for example everyone opted out of no no one can have my information no one can access my data you know that's an extreme kind of example but does that then really truly help us to improve our research and make it faster <laughs> All right, GNGs, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about the sponsor. And for this episode, the sponsor is Trexmark Consulting, where they take cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and put content into context. So case in point, do you understand what the difference is between a privacy coin and a uh, public or open coin? So case in point, Bitcoin is an open coin. Bitcoin Dark is actually a private coin and the predecessor to Monero, which is a privacy coin. And so is uh, Zcash is a privacy coin or has the privacy option. And then you have like a Pivot, which also has a privacy option. If any of these things I just said to you make no sense if you've never heard of them before, maybe you should reach out to TrekSmartConsulting.com set up a free 30-minute consultation and you know get a little bit more understanding about what's going on in the crypto space and the difference between the type of coins they are whether they be a public coin or a privacy coin and once again that website is treksmartconsulting.com so gng's um back to the episode so we can get more into this whole healthcare thing with dr tiffany gray okay I on that one, I'm going to say because I know of people now who don't mess with credit cards. I know of people who don't have bank accounts. Right. And I think that um, the shift that we're having when it comes to the medium of money um, and then just a the bigger part of the technology as far as having everyone connected, I think that it's going to make another... Uh, or it's going to widen the, the, the gap between the people who are on the grid, as they say, and then those who are off the grid, where I think that laws will definitely come into place where if you're not in some kind of digital, um, if you don't have some kind of digital president, presence, mm -hmm. like you're, you're, I don't want to say citizenship per se, but like your acknowledgement as being like within the society or whatever is right. not going to count. 
Um, I'm not saying that's like a tomorrow thing, GNG, no. but it's definitely something that I think for the direction that we're going in, where digital IDs are going to matter. Laws and regulations are going to change around those things to be able to more, we're gonna go with the word track, um, people. Case in point with what's going on in China right now. Yes. Like you fly in, biometrics data is collected, and they track you in real time all up and down the country. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but the other thing that I wanted to go back towards uh, real quick before we, we really run down this rabbit hole, G&G's mm -hmm. uh, newcomers, people who've come back, this is the, it goes to the thing that I'm always saying. Um, it takes all types of people to help this mass adoption part happen and to influence it um, as far as the technology and the use cases in a way that we, excuse me, we, we hope is, is more ethical and moral as far as the applications. And Dr. Gray is an example of that. Like she's asking those real questions of like, okay, are you gonna give people a bunch of you know data and then be like, here, hold it, but then you didn't tell them how they're supposed to store the data or why they even need to hold the data. Like it goes to the point of, for me, in the beginning, I was really, you know, gun ho decentralized X, Y, and Z under the sun, everything in the kitchen sink. And as somebody who crossed over from like the fiat over to the crypto um, side of things, you have to then look at the reality of where we are now for convenience of living in this space and then what the rest of the world has and the convenience of that. And you just can't put everybody into this. You just can't be like, ah, here you go, like jump in two feet head first. It does not work that way. And I can say that because I'm on this side of it. Um, and I tell people all the time, like this life is not for everybody. We have, when you live in first tier countries, you have way too many more efficient and convenient um, services that work for your daily life as opposed to where the whole blockchain application and different use cases are right now. Um, I just wanted to bring that up on the end of, like I say, for Trek and Cryptos to connect, I look to highlight people like Dr. Gray who are asking those real questions and having those um, on the ground level conversations and are not just talking about, hey, let's figure out how to make money off of this new technology thing. No, let's figure out how to educate the people about what this stuff is. And then let's start doling it out and having them get slowly acclimated and not just like give them a fire hose of blockchain talk. Just wanted to throw that out there, Dr. Gray. I'm sorry. Oh, no, thank you. But you make a, you make a yeah. good point again. It's like we say, blockchain isn't a solution for everything. Blockchain doesn't apply to everything. Not everything needs blockchain most of the time it doesn't need it at all and like you said there are already current existing tools and applications that need to be could be still utilized but you know revamped or worked on so that they just work more efficiently and better to fit the needs of individuals and again at the center of that are humans right at the center of all of this are humans and it's about serving users and 
you know, identifying how it will benefit them. So not identifying new problems, but using blockchain, AI, machine learning, all of this emergent technology as a additional tool in the toolkit when necessary and if needed. So there are great, you know, potential uses of blockchain that are being, you know, everything from thinking about how we can utilize it, uh, Tori Adams at Consensus, how we could use it to address the opioid epidemic, right? So mm -hmm. improving upon our current recovery and treatment systems and better tracking of supply chain management to identify and make sure that we aren't just prescribing opioids out, out the window, right? So there are or I am forgetting the name of Remedy Chain, or I may be getting that wrong, but they were at consensus last week as well, talking about utilizing blockchain technology to provide prescription medicine, you know, for those who can't really afford it. Um, and again, reducing the amount of waste that we, that we have and making sure that you know, it's being utilized for good. So there are people really looking at how to utilize blockchain and some of these other technologies to truly have an impact on, you know, society and health and well-being of, of individuals, you know. But again, you know, there are, we need to focus on a lot of times just fixing our broken structures and our mm -hmm. broken systems, getting that, yeah. getting our house in order essentially and again start still have to start having the conversation still have the education still have the training so that we're preparing the next generation um for automation etc however again making sure that we aren't just hyping it up as this is a savior tool and a or, savior or just carrying over the same bs like yeah that, yeah. Like, that's the other thing that's really getting me about the space in that in the beginning, I used to argue that um, the vector of financial inclusion was the smartest and most ingenious way to garner the attention of people for blockchain, mm -hmm. the technology, right? So that whole thing of, you know, um let's get everybody to get this digital money and then we go through this whole all the different things of it but one thing i i am definitely understanding more about people is um when you give them too many options they become overwhelmed mm -hmm. and then once they get overwhelmed with too many options they want to then delegate someone else to deal with it and that then leads to other, you know, potential issues. But I'm seeing that happen, what I feel is more and more in the space. And when I say the space GNGs, I'm talking about the crypto community, crypto space. And, and so, oh my God, why are we, mm, oh, I'm sorry. And so when I end up looking at certain projects or just, you know, seeing how um, some people are talking right now in the space and what they think is like the next move or what the good or what's going to be the most beneficial thing. I have to wonder at times, like,
how is it that, how do I say this? When looking at things, quote, morally or like um, ethically, right? If you had in the regular financial system, within the regular, you know, medical industry, within the regular traditional IT realm, you had these different moral and ethical obligations that were already put in place for some things. Mm-hmm. How is it, and I'm not saying you have to actually ask, answer this question, I'm not saying that at all, but how is it that we have that stuff over there, we saw what it did, we, we learned some of the mistakes, and then here we are with this blockchain technology, And I feel like there are people arguing, literally arguing to put the same negative uh, I don't want to say rules, but carry over the same practices that question ethics, that question morals, that question like, is that just a right thing to do because you're you're talking about people? And I, I feel like I see it happening here in, in the space more and more. So, you know, when you get into the whole thing of like um, the money use case of, well, we don't want to let just anybody invest in ICOs. We want to only let people who already have money invest in ICOs, which goes against the original whole concept of financial inclusion and economic sovereignty. And, you know, but yet gambling is totally cool. Like, I'm not a gambler. So when I go to Vegas, the strip is just not my thing. Mm -hmm. I'm about food (laughs) and like, you know, going to look at like the mountains and like the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. But gambling is just not my thing. But the whole city is built on gambling. Like you walk out the airport, slot machine. No, not even the airport. You no, they're in the, the airport. <laughs> yeah. No, like yeah. you walk off the plane and in the waiting area, terminal, yep. slot machine. And I'm just like, it, it 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 kicks me every time I go out there and I look and I'm just like wow it's true. Like right here. yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. um I, I I say that to say all of this GNGs um we got to start asking I think in my opinion more questions about what we want to see in this technology going forward as far as the applications into the everyday society. Um, we had our conversation, Dr. Gray, about the, um, the diametrics. Am I saying it right? Uh, I can't remember. Really? The convention where we're talking about, like, when you look at the the numbers for neighborhoods and like the the demographics and see, like, right. So I can't recap like the whole thing, but Mm -hmm. the point being is we have all this data, <clears throat> we're creating more data. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be using it effectively? And let me segue into this next question then, right? Um, looking down the road, mm-hmm. what do you see on the horizon within your realm as, as having one of the more or earliest practical 
applications of blockchain? Um, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think, again, there are individuals within healthcare and within the healthcare space that are already, again, utilizing blockchain technology. I mean, it's being implemented at HHS um, on the acquisition side of things with Jose Arrieta, an accelerate program. Um, I think we will continue to folks at consensus, for example, continue to explore how blockchain can be utilized to address substance use, uh, specifically with the opioid epidemic um, and the recovery treatment side of things. I think we will continue to see potential examination again of exploring um, how, I'm plugging everyone I know, but with science distributed and exploring how we can work with, say, within academia and different universities of how blockchain could be used in education um, mm -hmm. and within research and with, the, you know, again, building that connection with, with research across universities and different data sets. Um, we saw, for example, Google, it's not necessarily blockchain, but Google unveiled their, similar like a Google Scholar for data sets, basically. So you can search data sets. So that will kind of open, open the door for exploring how AI, machine learning, blockchain will be able to utilize how we, we conduct our research. So those are, you know, it's being used in computer science and engineering and some of those different components. And people are really starting to look at that. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, Oki Mech from HHS last week um, at TEDCO and Tim Gilda and, you know, the other panelists also made mention of how, you know, at some point in the next couple of years, we'll get to the point where blockchain just, it's, it's there. And the things that we're using every day or different applications to the point of we're not even having the conversation about it, right? It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's behind, just like with everything from our cell phones, we're just using it. And I, I definitely see that happening. And again, it's important to talk about blockchain. You don't have to necessarily know the different real ins and outs of it. You just, but it is important still to have the conversations about it. Same with cryptocurrencies you know, again, just to keep keep it at the forefront of our minds, thinking about, you know, when it comes to training and even when it comes to automation and what that means for jobs and poverty and socioeconomic status and things of that nature. So that's, again, why I think it's important to have these conversations at various levels, not just within and amongst ourselves, but also mm -hmm. bringing in these other areas and pockets so that Again, because again, that's just that also will help us to identify additional potential uses and, and solutions in which this tech can be used. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens down the pipeline. I mean, there are people looking in using blockchain for social impact bonds and in philanthropy and, you know, other areas of social impact. So and again, in addressing disaster response. So you know there there are real good applications of this tech it's not all bad um and again i make the point that everything does not need blockchain um mm -hmm. but there are going to be other technologies that come into play so these conversations are very important and um again the more questions the better let's talk about them <laughs> and and there you have it g and g is like 
this is what I'm saying. It takes all types. It, it, it's going to be all types of folks who help get this out there. Um, so my closeout question, if you don't know GNGs, the closeout question is, is always the, the good one, in my opinion. And it, it, it helps to um, put either some new thing out there that like I haven't heard of or, you know, X amount of people haven't heard of, or it also goes to encourage um, a particular product or service that is blockchain or crypto based, right? So that is the closing question. What is something that you use that is crypto or blockchain based, or at least related to, that you would tell someone else about, Dr. Gray? Oh, that I use? Oh, I don't, I don't. Huh. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, 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 I mean, I don't, I mean, again, go through, like, what do I use? Um, I mean, I, in crypto, I mean, I've, Utilize. So, for example, it was like two weekends ago, I met Matt. Um, I don't know if his last name, but he was down from Montreal. He just talked crypto for the 2020 20 conference. Conference. I was helping people get from from Maryland, Maryland, which is one. And so, you can only pay in crypto. In crypto. And so what and he was so doing was trying to connect with others in the space. And so, mm -hmm. so he asked um, uh, uh, on his stop that he had to go. And so, you know, I was eating for lunch and for, he had to get like a snow or something else. And so then I would pay for it. What he did was pay for crypto. You know, we transferred our Coinbase wallet. It was a simple kind of Scan and tag my refund. Kind of like Venmo. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Coinbase so, is uh, your Coinbase is your thing. I got you. It, <laughs> so that's, okay. I mean, that's the one that I could think of. I'm sure again, it's like there are things that you know, one of those things of like it could be utilized in one of my applications that I don't even know, but that's like the one example I could actually think of that I've actually used or, or besides like a photo wallet. That's about it. There is no judgment. I'm not judging too hard. <laughs> I felt well, like well, that. Like, well, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things. Like I said, I ask this question to everyone, and all, I'm always interested to hear what people come up with. Some people hold very tight to the, the, the letter of the question, and then mm -hmm. some people expand out to the um, intention of the question. And the answers, and I would say so far, no one's repeated anything. Which is okay. pretty interesting to interesting. me. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. That yeah. no one's yeah. like no one's repeated the name of a particular thing. I should say it that way. Okay. No one's repeated okay. the name of a particular thing. But it's been interesting to see that no one's actually repeating anything. And I've done I wanna say like twenty or more interviews at this point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's curious to see uh, how people answer the question and that's why I act. And it also informs, you know, the listeners like GNGs, like I said, it, the technology is here and there are use cases yeah. that are practical and working right now. And I don't know all of them. And, you know, I learned a couple of different ones from the interviews I've had so far. And hopefully you guys learned something too. So um, if you could, though, Dr. Gray, could you leave some contact in case somebody wants to have you on their panel or they want to, you know, possibly hire you? 
because you yes, yes. know so much. Self-promotion. Yes. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Gray Health, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Dr. Tiffany Gray, and then you can find me at Dr. Gray Health, where I you can see an overview of the different services that I provide, some of the work and different engagements I've done so far, and a lot of my writing um, that I've been doing in terms of my experiences venturing into the blockchain space and in public health and my life post grad. So um, you can find me on one of those channels. If you want to email me, email me at drgrayapsesandegg.com. And yeah, let's connect. And there you have it, Gingies. That is Dr. Tiffany Gray. She is in the healthcare space, and I'm going to say she's doing the damn thing as far as helping educate and empower people about what's really going on with blockchain right now. And if you don't know, because you didn't listen to the beginning, middle, or end, my name is Trek, and this is Trek and Cryptos to Connect. And you can find me on Instagram at Trek and Cryptos. And once again, that is not I-N-G. It's actually T-R-E-K-K-E-N. And you can also find me on Twitter at Smart Trekking. Once again, the same thing. K-K-E-N, not I-N-G. Other than that, y'all, have a good one. If you got any questions, you can find me on one of those two things. And I'm glad to answer. All right. One G-N-G's. <coughs> All right, GNG, so there you have it. That was a conversation with Dr. Tiffany Gray, and I have to say, I really did enjoy that conversation, and it goes to show that you don't have to be a money bags person or a um, really technical person, um, and I'm not saying technical like in regards to, you know, IT or um, stuff like that, but here is an example with Dr. Tiffany Gray that she took what her field of study was, and she went through the blockchain and tried to work out what was valid or um, relevant to what her field of study was, and that being in the healthcare industry, and she has definitely worked to find her place in it, and she is making noticeable, um, I guess to say, contributions as far as getting people out, helping educate people to how it can be implemented and what are the more practical things not just slapping the word blockchain on there and saying oh we're doing that and helping people but asking the actual questions of how are we using it to help people and what is the added value and so GNGs um, you know without you guys I can't get the word out about this so for the call to action please like tweet share post heart um, downvote leave a comment positive or negative it's still a comment I appreciate it nonetheless and you know let somebody know about the show called Trek and Cryptos to Connect remember this is the conversations with segment if you got somebody who's really putting in the work that you want to say hey you know you should talk to this person who started this business or they're working on this particular project and they're definitely making headways on it reach out to me I'm on LinkedIn I'm on Twitter you can find me as Trek, that's T-R-E-K-K. -K. You can also find me um, as Smart Trekking on crypto Twitter or Twitter in general. And then you can find me as Trek, um, Trekking Cryptos to Connect on IG. And once again, that's T-R-E, sorry, T-R-E-K-K-E-N. It's not I-N-G and that's with two Ks. So G-N-G's until the next one. Thank you and... Enjoy, have a good one, and learn something crypto and blockchain. 
one.